Welcome everyone to Talk Your Peace with Hannah and Aziz. Aziz. My name is Hannah. And I'm Aziz. And we're here today. We're under quarantine and we're going to be talking about the topic that has been all over the news and a really big factor in our lives right now, which is the coronavirus. And today we have a special guest, Aziz. Yeah, today we have a very special guest. We have a friend, Nefra Bakai who is a undergraduate and master's student at the University of Maryland studying public health. Welcome, Mifra. Hello, thanks for having me. So Mifra's input is very valuable because not only is she a public health student, but she's a really great explainer. So anytime I have questions about anything dealing with health, she explains it in a really not only helpful way, but a way that makes you remember it. So we want Mifra to break down What's she going got the on brains. Today? She do got that brain, you know what I'm saying? So Mifra's going to break down the problem for us. I'm sure you all have already gotten a glimpse of this, but we're just going to recap with Mifra. Then we're going to talk a little bit about how the virus has affected all of us as Muslim college students, and we're going to move into some helpful tips so that we can all stay sane, okay? Because this junk really, <laughs> staying home, mess with your head, you know what I'm saying? It's not it. No. So... Mifra, we want to ask you a question. So for us, right, we're young and we are among the quote vulnerable populations, right? I mean, at least for me, I'm not an immunocompromised person, but in the news lately, we're hearing even if you are young, you can be affected by this virus. So can you break down like why it's so important for all of us to be inside and social distancing? Yeah, so um, the term that you use, social distancing, is really important because basically what social distancing is, is we are limiting our exposure to each other and to ourselves. Um, the most contagious people are those who are asymptomatic, which means people who have the disease but don't show any symptoms or signs of having the disease. Um, they're probably the people who spread it the most because they don't even know that they have it, and so they're not taking any precautions to self-isolate or self-quarantine. And so they're spreading it unknowingly to everyone. Um, the way coronavirus or COVID-19 is transmitted is through respiratory droplets in the air. So when someone coughs or sneezes, but it is also spread through the germs we spread through our hands or through contaminated surfaces. So that's why it's extremely important for us to be covering our sneezes and coughs in our arms, not in our hands. And it's also really, really, really important to be washing our hands frequently with soap and water um, another thing that we should be doing is disinfecting things that we frequently use, like door handles, light switches, our phones even. Those are yeah. just things that we come in contact to every day that we don't even remember, but we're spreading the germs everywhere um, using that. So we don't really realize how often we touch those items or how contaminated those surfaces are, but that's typically how the disease is transmitted. Okay, and can you get into how this is different from the normal flu? Yeah, so um, right now there is no vaccine to coronavirus. This is something that we've never seen before. It is spread just as like the flu is spread, but we have the flu shot and the flu vaccine. And although the flu mutates every year, we have a new shot every year. So a term that a lot of people don't know, but a lot of public health majors use is herd immunity. And so that mm -hmm. is why, <laughs> and I talked about this with you before, but Herd immunity is when um, the general majority of the population is immune to a disease. And that way, if one person has it, you're not risking other people. 
um, because they already have the antibodies to fight that. So right now when we don't have a vaccine for this virus, there's no herd immunity. Everyone is at risk for this. And so social distancing is our version of trying to limit that um, spread of disease while we are searching for a vaccine and while we're trying to get that tested and approved. Yeah, and I think, um, I think what's like alarming to a lot of folks now more than ever is that obviously, I mean, it's a, it's a rapidly unfolding and we're learning a lot about the coronavirus, like as days go by, like, I'm sure, you know, science, like you, you, I'm sure you guys have heard, but you in particular, Mifra, like you, you understand how, like, there are new developments coming up with this coronavirus. So like, cause I know the first thing that comes to mind is just like how, like in mainland United States, how we were not taking this very seriously from, you know, all the way up from the federal government down to like everyday people, how seriously we weren't taking it. But then, you know, now uncovering in some cases that it was being spread through, you know, community. Um, and so w what do you think the effects, you know, what effects has this had on the continual spread of the virus? And, you know, what precautions should we be absolutely taking at this point where it's so rapidly spread? I don't have numbers in front of me, but I know that the, the cases are, you know, are significantly soaring each day here in the United States. Yeah, so I think that we um, kind of took this disease not seriously because so many people were saying, oh, it doesn't affect young people, it only affects elderly people, or it only affects immunocompromised people. But the truth yeah. of the matter is, that's pretty like true of every disease. The reason that the flu is so um, risky or like people die from that is like the same populations are at risk, the elderly, yeah. the immunocompromised. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you're invincible. People, yeah. young people we're seeing are like, dying from it. Um, but because we've been kind of like, we've kind of heard that rhetoric, we are seeing that a lot of people are like, oh, this isn't really gonna affect me. This doesn't apply to me. Um, mm -hmm. But as I said before, you can still have the disease, but not show symptoms of it. And so even if it doesn't affect you the same way it affects someone else, you are, you are basically a vector for that disease, which means you're spreading it. And so mm -hmm. it's really important that if you um, absolutely don't need to be outside right now. Don't. Yeah, stay Unless inside. you have to go get groceries or unless you have to, yeah, literally, like the whole notion of stay at home literally means stay at home. It doesn't mean go see your friends. It doesn't mean go like out for, you know, lunch. It means yeah. stay at home. Yeah, don't invite people over to chill at home. Like just stay with whoever you live with at home, right? And it means so right, right now, right. So right now there are like around 418,000 total cases of the virus mm. and over 18,000 deaths. So it's very serious. Um, and it's something I think a lot and of- And that's in just in the US, right? No, I think that's around the world. Is that just oh. in the US? No, that's around the world. That's around the world. Oh. So, so a lot of young people, I feel like, have the sense of we are invincible. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people still went on their spring break trips, which is ridiculous. I'm just gonna say it, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and now all the people who came back from spring break are experiencing symptoms or have contracted the virus. Um, so it's crazy what's happening right now. And let, let's transition into how it's affected each of us. So yeah. we are all three college students at the University of Maryland, go Terps. And when we were there, <laughs> shy zone, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but, but while we were at UMD, the campus was all of a sudden 
like buzzing with this idea that we're going to have online classes. And when I first heard it, the virus was still in its quote infancy in the US mm -hmm. in terms of how seriously it was being taken. So I was like, oh no, like that's not going to happen. We're just going to have a week off and we'll come back. But then it did happen. And a lot of things are moving like our graduating class, the commencement got canceled. A lot yeah. of big events are canceled. We're spending the rest of the semester at home. How has it been for all of you? It's a lot for me personally. I know it's just like that uncertainty that I was kind of talking about earlier is just like, because I mean, I'm sure a lot of us, even since early February, we heard this coronavirus. That's when it kind of started like making its way into mainstream media and it was started getting into the headline, you know, coronavirus, this and that. Um, but it was just like, all right, what is it? You know, like, oh, and you know, it's just the flu. I'm young. So a lot of that was playing in my head. You know, I'm sure a lot of us can relate just hearing those conversations on campus. So they're just like, I want to say the overall sentiment for me was even like one of that. It wasn't that serious. But then as information kept unfolding and we're just saying, all right, yeah, they're starting to like, there's a lot of people that are getting this coronavirus or what the heck is going on, you know? So now from that to like here where we're literally quarantining and self-isolating or social distancing um, in our own homes, it's kind of crazy. Like the entire world has just been put on hold. Mm -hmm. uh, not halt. The word is halt. <laughs> the entire word has been put on halt. <laughs> halt, yes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and so it's kind of crazy. Like, I mean, no Juma prayers. Like, no one has been praying in the Haram. So it's kind of like it's kind of crazy. Um, so it's there's definitely a lot. I would I would say like very confusing. We're in very confusing times, um, and a lot going through my mind at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that there was a really big portion where I was just overwhelmed because of that uncertainty that Aziz was talking about. I just had no idea what was gonna happen. And even from a public health perspective, like I've been tracking it for a while just because this is something that I'm interested in, but also because I was supposed to be in Europe for spring break. And so my family was like, um, are you guys still going to Europe? Because now we've heard that it's gone to Italy. And so kind of doing all that research to see how risky it was, was stressing me out because yeah. <laughs> it was not looking good. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's a very big deal. And I don't think people realize that the WHO called this a pandemic. And that's because yeah. the last time we've had like a lot of, um, you know, little, well, not little, but we've had a lot of other diseases that are not quite to the scale, but we're not understanding the severity of it. The last yeah. pandemic was in 1918 and it was the influence. It was the flu. Right. Yeah. And so right now, nobody has ever experienced something to this calamity. And so the entire world is kind of trying to process how to handle it. And yeah. there's just no precedent for it. Like we've never been exposed to this disease. We've never in our lifetimes seen something that has impacted every single person's life to this extent. There has never been something where every single person has been impacted in some way. And so it's very interesting to see from a like, public health perspective. Yeah, and I think that's really important to note. Like every single person is having to adjust because of this. Whether it's you're going to school and now you're shifting classes to online. Like my first, like my nephew who's in first grade is having to sit in front of a computer and do online classes. Like I think that's kind of crazy. Like mm -hmm. to to the least because I'm just like I'm not sure how much information he's actually retaining from that type of environment. But even to like you know our massages, you know like people not being able to pray there, um, you know not being able to the chaos in the grocery stores. Like I don't think we've seen any 
anything to this extent. Oh my so goodness, just like, why is everyone obsessed with toilet paper? Guys, I, That is the million dollar question. <laughs> I really don't know, get it. You I know mean, what's funny is that in the future, in our history books, they're going to talk about like, you know, how impactful this disease was. They're not going to mention that people were fighting over toilet paper. Yeah, so we'll I don't... We'll have the TikTok to prove it, won't we? <laughs> and the challenges. <laughs> and the, oh my lord, y'all gotta stop with these challenges. I can't look at another But one. can you blame everyone? Everyone's at home bored. Like, you know, that's where I these can. challenges... For these challenges, I will. And I can. Now, I want to transition into a more spiritual perspective. Because there's two main points here. One is that, as human beings, we're naturally social beings. So yeah. this transition into being in isolation... I think is very difficult for most of us, if not all of us. Yeah. Um, and the second part is, as Muslims, we're, our deen is very social and is very community-based. Like, we pray together, we fast together. I don't know how this Ramadan is going to go. Not it's being able be to go to Tarawih prayer, not seeing all of my community members almost every day of the month. Um, like, that's your that's really like your medicine during Ramadan is seeing and being with your community. And it's, that's not going to happen. And, and that's going to be very weird. I don't know how, how ready I feel to do Ramadan from home. Yeah. And I think a lot about people who are converts and they don't have maybe a family that they can pray with or anyone else they can rely on. You know, they're practicing their faith by themselves. That's a very challenging test. Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right, because, like, I was talking about this with a group of friends, like, a couple of days ago, like, it's going to be very challenging on, for everyone, because, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right, because uh, that communal aspect, especially in Ramadan, is, I know, for speaking for myself, it's very vital to just, like, that Ramadan spirit, you know, just going to Tarawiyah, praying all night, you know, just hearing those reminders, you know, like, just seeing people, and I think, like, it's, it's a time where we all come together, you know, like, obviously, there's a lot of those jokes versus Ramadan Muslims, but I think that's the beautiful part about it. Like, everyone mm -hmm. stops what they're doing and comes together that month. And so uh, it's going to be really hard. But I think, you know, from this point on, I think we're about 29 days out from the start of Ramadan, 29 or 30 days, give or take. Um, and so, I, I mean, I hope, I mean, obviously, the CDC recommendation is at least eight weeks. We're going to be at minimum um, social distancing. Um, but I really hope that, you know, like something's able to change really quickly because um, I know for myself, like it's going to, it's going to take a toll. Um, but it's, but I mean, I think this is what, this is also a good part. It's also, I think I'm a little bit optimistic because we use Ramadan for most part as a reset button for a lot of us, you know, mm -hmm. like we reset spiritually. And so I think this has its blessings in, in and of itself. Like now that we're all home, there's a lot going through our mind where we're trying to process what's going on. And there, I'm glad the conversation of Ramadan has been brought up because like, I know for myself, like it didn't even cross my mind until I saw it on Instagram or something like that. I was like, what? So it's just like, this is a reset before the reset. So like, even if we're not Whoa. able to get the, Go yeah so, <laughs> so like it's like even if we're not able to get that experience in the masajid how are we going to make the most of it and like make sure that we don't take that dip that we don't necessarily get well i, I don't want to you know paint a broad stroke but that for, for speaking for myself that you know i i usually experience a high how am i going to maintain mm -hmm. that high during Ramadan without experiencing a complete low yeah even last year i felt like it was different because it was the first time that I 
didn't have Ramadan in the summer. I had school during the Ramadan and mm-hmm. I halfway through left because um, I had an internship. So I wasn't even with my family for yeah. like the second half of Ramadan. I didn't spend Eid with them. So even that itself was like very unfulfilling because I wasn't spending Ramadan with my like, closest friends or my Muslim people who I see every year or I wasn't spending Eid with my family. And that was really sad and really hard, but it also made me grateful that yeah. I've had so many memories um, with that. And I think that it's really important this year to remind ourselves of how grateful we are to have those communities and to have that experience, even if we can't have it this year, inshallah, we have it next year and the year after that and the year after that. And I feel like this is kind of the time where we push ourselves spiritually to see how much we can do on our own and see how mm-hmm. we can create that same environment in our own homes. And maybe yeah. what we can do is we can set that habit of, you know, praying together as with your family, even every single day, at least once or twice, or having that, that spiritual time in your home, rather than feeling like you need to go to a masjid to do that, you know? Yeah, that's really important. Um, and and to, to go back to, um, to Hannah, what you were saying, like, I think this is also going to be an opportunity for majority of Muslims that have that sense of community during times like Ramadan, it's going to be really an important time for us to really think of those people that don't necessarily find their place within our own communities, whether it's folks that are marginalized from our communities, could be it converts or just minorities, people that don't feel welcomed in our communities. They don't, they, you know, they don't find solace in going to the mission in Ramadan because they, they're, you know, you know, they don't, they don't, there's not a sense of community and we have to be real, you know, and, and I'm sure a lot of our, we can all speak to that having experiences, you know, of people that come to our communities that say they don't feel welcome. So it's going to be a time for us to really evaluate that, you know, we're not going to be able to experience, you know, that community aspect that we, that we thrive off of that we enjoy. So let's make sure that, you know, that we're able to use this to empathize with those people um, and see how we can better, you know, ensure that they're included in the community when inshallah, we're, you know, we're, Corona's done and, you know, had its, had its left its mark on us and we're able to get back to normal life, inshallah, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. I think that's really important to see how we can use this time to establish change for future. And, yeah. and this kind of forces us to put ourselves in that position and be like, okay, well, this doesn't feel so good. Maybe we should be changing it to make it more inclusive. It also forces us to be creative in how we do yeah. reach out to other people and see how we will how we will kind of emulate that community feeling without risking people's health. So we'll see. Yeah. And that's one of the beauties of technology right now. I think like technology is almost saving us during this time because we're not stopping everything at least like we're still moving forward. Um, But it's just a very different circumstances in which we're moving. Um, But I think a lot about populations who don't have access to many of the resources that we are privileged to have alhamdulillah. Like a yeah. lot of people don't have stable internet access. They don't have a computer to be working at home. A lot of people lost their jobs because they couldn't go to, to work because they couldn't risk getting themselves or their family members sick um, or their company simply laid them off due to the yeah. adjustments within the virus. You know what's crazy is I didn't even realize it until it actually happened, but when we do that, when people lose their jobs, our healthcare system is linked to employee-sponsored insurance. Yes. So when yes. they lose their jobs, they're also losing their health insurance. And so it just creates this cycle of, okay, well, I didn't go to work because I had to take care of somebody, but then I lost my job, but then I can't, like, it just, it Get just health insurance. Yeah. America, wake up. 
Yeah. Please elect Bernie Sanders to be president <laughs> Medicare for all. Oh my God. No, yes. But no, I, that's a really good point. And I'm glad you actually brought that up. Because like just how we were talking about empath- empathizing and empathy from a spiritual perspective for us in during Ramadan, I think this has really shed a light on just collective empathy for, you know, us specifically here in the United States and the different policies that, you know, that we need to make sure are, are you know, incumbent on every human being that lives here or every citizen, you know, or not even every citizen, every human being that contributes to the economy of this country, um, you know, and so, you know, Medicare for all, like, and, you know, healthcare for all should be a basic human, right? Just like you said, like all jokes aside and all political leading aside, like, I think yeah. this, is a, this is a very, you know, like, telling time, you know, like the, the coronavirus testing fees or, I mean, you know, how much it costed to get tested before you, they started making it readily available, you know, was insane. Um, so, you know, things like that, it's just like now we're, we have to start, you know, and a lot of these companies are, we're being like, you know, we're refunds, you know, and some, and the conversation that we still need to have and press our leaders about is like making sure that we put a stop to rent payments and things like that. So mm-hmm. people don't get it, you know, have, don't, you know, pile on debt or because you know i think in some jurisdictions i know in maryland they have stopped evictions but you know that doesn't if we don't stop rent payments or things like that um you know i know they're they're not turning off any uh, electricity or you know water things like that but you know we don't we don't also we don't want people to be that cannot already afford their you know their bills to have a crushing debt when we come out of all of this I think the conflict is also showing us conflict meaning corona is showing us that we have the potential to care for every person in this country it's a matter of are you important enough to be cared for yes or no like for example homeless people are now being placed into housing right now but before we didn't have space for homeless people where did this housing come from suddenly appear from that we could care for homeless people in this country um it's honestly quite telling of the system that we live in. And I think it's incumbent upon all of us to further educate ourselves and honestly take a stand because the way that, if you're not rich in this country, the way that you're you're being treated in the midst of this virus um, should motivate you because it it has affected everyone personally. It, it, It should motivate you to do better and really use your time to vote for the right people to go yeah. to office and, and make change for all of us. Um, yeah. So let's spend the last five minutes wrapping up with some quick tips for how people can maintain their sanity as they're staying home. Aziz, you wanna start us off? Yeah, sure. Um, so I know we talked about a lot of important things. Um, you know, the, the first thing is that everyone is going through some adjusting period, whether it's adjusting to working from home, adjusting to just being at home, adjusting to being surrounded by um, your family members, you know, those type of things. So just taking a moment and just kind of taking a step back and making some space for yourself. I know that's not ideal for a lot of people, but it's, I think it's really important to when we factor in our mental health, you know, like whether it's setting boundaries with your, you know, family members that you're going to be sent, spending a lot of time at home with, or just making sure that you, you're just planning yourself out mentally so that you don't fall into, you know, you don't fall into a silo and, you know, just kind of lose it. So making sure that you're, you're caring for yourself, you know, mentally, physically, um, spiritually, and so on. So just like, I mean, I guess the overarching tip that I would say in, in when it relates to that is just like, like take care of yourself first, you know, take care of yourself and care for others around you second. 
um, because like I think the the most important thing that I look at at this time is just like we're gonna be you know we're we're practically in isolation and so that can have a lot of effects on someone's um, psyche so make sure that you know you don't you don't fall through the cracks and you take care of yourself um, but then also practice. Um, practice uh what, what what's being told what's being told to us um so that we can prevent the spread of this uh disease or uh, virus um we need to flatten the curve and so when it when they say distance yourself socially distance yourself socially when they say avoid large gatherings and avoid you know leaving your houses um for extended periods of time you know you need to you need to abide by that so um follow rules stay at home stay safe um and take care of yourself Good tips. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, I feel like um, Aziz brought up some really good points. I just feel like it's really important to, um, as he said, establish boundaries with your families, but also kind of establish a routine for yourself. I think a small thing that we can all do every day is change our clothes in the morning. And I say that because a lot of times we're like, oh, well, I'm not going outside, so like, why do I need to change my clothes? But subconsciously, when we change our clothes, we're kind of shifting our mindset and trying to be in a productive, um, like, kind of mindset is the same yeah. word. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just like a small thing to do every day, and it kind of shifts the day's focus. And you're like, okay, well, I've changed my clothes now. I have to get out of bed, and I need to do something. Um, I'm a person who likes to have to-do lists. So I like putting things like even the smallest things from like working out to cleaning out my closet to finishing an assignment to sending out that email. Just having like a list of things to do works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. But yeah. I also like we're all seniors. It was a sad thing for us. I let myself be sad like when I need to be. And I let myself kind of express those emotions, even though you you can think that you're um, the things that you're sad about are not the biggest deal in the world. That's fine. You can acknowledge that it's not the biggest deal in the world, but you can still feel sad about it. And you can still kind of, um, take that time to go through those emotions and grieve, um, whatever you need to grieve. And then I also set, um, like a list of things that I had been pushing off or that I always wanted to learn. Um, I want to be able to accomplish those things by the end of this. So like, reading a book that I've never had the time to read or like I learned how to thread my upper lip today and my mom has been asking me to do that for like four years it's a good skill to have it's a good skill I'm telling you we're all going to come out of this and we're either going to glow up or we're going to glow down and it, depends. <laughs> it just depends on how you take this time and one of the biggest blessings that I've gotten from this is this is the only time like the only time in my entire life where I have had nothing to do except focus on myself like yeah. If I, even if you want to hang out with your friends, you cannot. Mm -hmm. So it's just really yeah. important to like kind of accept this time. It's not going to be forever. We don't know how long it's going to be, but we do know that it's not going to be for, for forever. So kind of take this time and do those things that you have never had the time to do before. Um, I also think from a, like a mental health perspective, we're getting a lot of information all the time from so many different sources and it, it can become really overwhelming. So yeah. kind of establish those boundaries for yourself and be like, look, I cannot, I cannot obsess over this. I'm just going to look at the daily, like choose three or four sources. And this, that's all you're going to do. Because if you yeah. keep, if you keep looking and you keep looking at the updates, it's just going to, it's not going to help your mental well-being. Yeah. So those are excellent tips from both of you. And I'll wrap up with 
one last one, which is to meditate and to talk to God in prayer if that is part of your lifestyle. Um, but one dot that sticks with me is because um, ultimately, if you're a Muslim, you have the belief that this world is not the final step for us and there's something greater waiting for us. So not to take everything too seriously, like Mifra said, make time for yourself, uh, but also remember that better times will come inshallah. So thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Talk Your Peace. Aziz, let them know where they can find us. Yeah, be sure to keep this conversation with us going on Twitter and Instagram at Talk Your Peace. And let us know how you guys are coping with uh, the whole social distancing and isolating yourself. And let me say something. Okay, we tell y'all to comment and tell your opinion, but ain't nobody commenting and telling us their opinion. So please. Talk your peace. Let us know. <laughs> so yeah, no, seriously, keep this conversation going with us and we'll be sure to, you know, provide more tips on our social media platforms regarding the coronavirus and um, how you guys can stay, um, stay well and stay um, um, here in the moment present, both mentally, physically and spiritually um, during these pressing times. The world that we knew um, is rapidly evolving. So we want everybody to be safe, stay safe. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And we want to thank our, our, uh, thank our special guest on this episode, our lovely friend, Mifra Bukai, for joining us and dropping Thanks, amazing Mifra. gems. Thanks for having me, my friends. Of course. And, and we will see you all next Friday.